How about you? You're a prince. Must have been would-be princesses. Or perhaps another prince. A bit of both. I suspect the same as you. But nothing ever... Real. I'm Noah, and you're listening to Abitum, where we take our current favorite pop culture obsession and enjoy it one nibble at a time. Yep, and we are halfway done with Loki. Speaking of time, Loki. <laughs> weedoo, 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 weedoo. <laughs> Before we get into this episode and breaking down all the juicy details from the latest episode of Loki, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Pod. Also, we have that Patreon up. You support us for what we do. And you like it, we give you free stuff and bonus episodes. And we say thank you so much. We're so grateful. <laughs> and you get to pick a bonus episode for us to do, which I think is always fun. And we have a few up there and we have some bonus shows that we do that we don't normally release. So it's a good time. And then last thing, if you like what we do, leave us that rating and review. It really is the best way to spread the word because Apple likes podcasts that have rating and reviews. <laughs> Please give us those five stars. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Always an excuse to find a place to sing. When in doubt, sing a song for a smile on your face. <laughs> this week is a bit of a crazy one because we released a bonus episode to everybody. Oh my God. Before we, this one. We got bonuses on top of bonuses on top of regular episodes. It's like we don't have normal jobs and we just do this 24-7. But that yet, surprise. Nice. Yeah, no, surprise. We do. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really nice if we did this full time, but you know, we love doing it. Maybe someday we'll have this as a full-time job. <laughs> two songs. Two songs five minutes in. I think you've already hit your quota. Oh, no, no, there's no quota. There's only a minimum. Now it's time to go up. No. Yeah. Is there... Hey, guys, comment below if my minimum should be two songs per episode. All right. <laughs> Before we move forward in this new episode of Loki, we got to step back and take a look back. That's right. So let's talk about Loki episode two, The Variant, which, by the way, which means this is halfway through Loki. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, I already said that. Were, were One you, half? Were you asleep? Three six? That, that? I, was, I was singing. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't hear you. So speaking of The Variant, we see something going down at a Ren Fair in 1985 where The Variant dismantles another team from the TVA, but this time takes the hunter hostage. Meanwhile, Loki does some digging through the TVA archives and has a hunch. He describes his thoughts to Mobius with a salad, and the pair hunt for an apocalypse the variant may be hiding in. They travel to a big box store where they find Lady Loki scheming. She sets off a bunch of resets, and Loki jumps through a portal with her. End of episode. Yeah, it's always leaving off on a little cliffhanger, these these ones, especially this this most recent one. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah, these are like full on cliffhangers. Like back in WandaVision, it was just like, that thing was a different color. This is like, <laughs> they just disappear. Whoa. <laughs> so before we go any further, spoiler warning. You've been warned. There's spoilers ahead. So if you have not watched the most recent episode, I know the timeline's messed up and we were used to them coming out on Fridays, but they come out on Wednesdays now. So if you wait until the weekend, don't listen to this till you watch it. Just listen to it on Monday when a regular episode of our show used to come out. <laughs> Just sure. like, you know, you do the own scheduling. So 
Let us officially take a bite of Loki Episode 3, Lamentous. So before we get into it, there is an interesting conversation happening around the show and streaming culture and how we consume shows now. And this show has been accused of being like a filler episode. So I thought we could talk about that for a minute and what makes a filler episode and what is a filler episode. So Derek. Yes. Noah. (laughs) What do you, what would you say a filler episode is? And do you think that this episode of Loki qualifies as a filler episode? So let me say this right off the bat. I do not believe this is a filler episode. Okay. So when I think of a filler episode, the most famous filler episode in my pop culture lexicon comes from, of course, the one and only Sailor Moon. (laughs) So in season two of Sailor Moon, episode 21 of that season, there's an episode called The Beach, The Island, and a Vacations, The Guardians Break. And this episode... That's a little on the nose. Yeah, it's literally like they deviate from the complete arc or the storyline that's happening in that season. So the Sailor Scouts go to a beach and Sailor Chibi Moon finds a baby dinosaur and they go swimming with this baby dinosaur and they reunite the baby dinosaur with the mom dinosaur. Yeah, I mean, I so I, I guess that would be like the definition of a filler episode. Right. They put the plot or whatever that season's story is on hold. Right. And then there's like some other stuff that happens that has exactly. nothing to do with the plot. Yeah. And then the other thing I know is that on RuPaul's Drag Race, they call queens filler queens. <laughs> it's like, you're just there so we can get to later in the season for the stronger queens to win. Well, that's mean. <laughs> yes, it's very mean. It's terrible. <laughs> and also there's like Botox and stuff. Which is filler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I do, I wish there was like another word aside from like filler episode only because I feel like filler, filler episode when they brand something like that, it's supposed to be like a mean, like it diminishes what that episode is. It's like not important. Mm-hmm. I feel like it gives us a chance to understand the characters a little bit more. Yeah. And like two big examples, kind of like what, what you did I that I can think of is in Breaking Bad, there was an episode called The Fly, a very famous episode because it's so different from the rest of the show. And literally what happens in that episode is... Walter and Jesse are trying to catch a fly in the lab. Mm-hmm. That's like the entire episode. Mm-hmm. But you see, it builds onto their characters, and you can also see them bonding in a in a weird way. And yeah. it was so different from the rest of the season. Sure, we kind of needed something like that. And then my second example for quote filler episode, but also gives so much more to these characters is from the last Airbender. So Avatar: The Last Airbender. There's an episode, um, Tales from Bossing Say. That episode is is great because it's kind of like little, what do you call it, like vignettes of different things that happen mm-hmm. there, but we get to see Uncle Iroh mourning his son. Right. And that just added an extra layer on top of that character, and then you realized why he was so fond of Zuko. Right. So it's like filler isn't a bad thing, but the way it's being used and how we consume TV shows nowadays, it seems like it's supposed to be a bad thing, but I don't see a bad thing with it. Well, with that. exactly. Well, that's the thing. I think you're you're right in making a distinction between like how the word filler is being used, and maybe there is a sense when filler is a bad thing. Like that Sailor Moon episode. It's really, it's known as like the most famous worst episode of Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of times, especially with anime, when their source material, the manga, was being written, when they ran out of issues, they would have to fill the seasons with stuff before they can get back to the actual storyline. Right. So that, to me, really seems like a filler episode. I think 
you're right in saying that like we have to know about people's motivation. We have to know sometimes how they're getting closer, what leads them to where they are today. And while it might not be the main through line of the episode, it's still building on the characters and you need that. Yeah. And I think, you know, with shows, you know, famously lost has a very famous filler episode as well, but that show had like 22 episodes a season. We're now in, you know, TV culture where we have 10 or six episodes a season. Right. Yes. Granted, they're like an hour, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little less, but that's still not that much. I mean, if you take 22 episodes and they're like 45 minutes each, that's a lot more screen time. So it begs the question of this show only has six episodes. Right. They did it on purpose. It wasn't because they didn't have story. Mm-hmm. They had to. I mean, you. where else would we find out more about Sylvie? Would this have been a better way to present like this is kind of how you get to know Sylvie and her motivation, seeing how Loki and her interact? Or would you rather just, I don't know, some hologram talk about Sylvie? Yeah. You know, so it's like it could have been shorter, but I thought it was well done. But I also think that this is setting up Sylvie to be more than just an antagonist. Oh, right. If you're just the villain, then yes, you get them reading your rap sheet and that's how we learn about you. But she's becoming a character. She's a Loki in a sense. Mm -hmm. So we need to know who she is. Don't call her that. She doesn't like to be called that. She doesn't like to be called Batman. (laughs) She's Sylvie now, folks. (laughs) And I do want to say, so this was one of the big detriments that Falcon and Winter Soldier had Mm. because, you know, when we covered that, something that we would bring up was... Why do we have to care about the Flag Smashers? Why You have not shown me or given me a reason why I need to care about these people. John Walker, they, they kind of did, and I'm not saying a filler episode, but they gave us a little bit of reason to either hate or care about him. Mm-hmm. The Flag Smashers were kind of like, oh, they're there. Right. And they ran into him. It's like, you, you do need episodes like this to enhance the storytelling and for us to give a damn about what's right. going on. Because again, at the end of the day, yes, it was sad. When, you know, the Flag Smashers turned out to be, okay, they were kind of good, like what they wanted to do, but their motivations, what they were doing wasn't great. Yeah. So, you know, it it was just missing that one thing. And that was the bad thing that Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't capitalize on. Oh, yeah. And I mean, what this episode gave me, this episode of Loki gave me was something that I lamented, lamented, lamented so much in Falcon. Is that how that word's used? Yeah. When you lament something, it's like sorrowful. Yeah, is that a real word? Yeah, it's the root <laughs> word of lamentus. This whole time, I'm like, what Harry Potter spell does this sound like? <laughs> no, it means to like sorrowfully mourn something. Oh. I mean, while this whole planet is crashing down and everybody's dying. Oh my God. Hello. Yikes. Okay. Looking well. at root words. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, Edwards, in the Falcon and Winter Soldier, I was always so mad about them traveling all over the world in two seconds flat. We got a whole episode of traveling here in Loki. It was a very walk and talk episode. Yes. And I actually quite enjoyed it. So, so did I. You know, I right. was on the journey with them. I am here to learn about them. I really liked it. Yeah. So let's get into it. I let's, mean, we have a lot to talk about with this episode. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so this episode doubles back a little bit and we see Hunter C20 looking a little more relaxed than we're used to seeing her and wearing more like 21st century clothes. And enjoying frosty drinks, and we then see that they're talking to Sylvie. So, well, we haven't found out that it's Sylvie yet, but we we will be referring to her as Sylvie. (laughs) We do find out that it's an illusion, of course, 
And it's, I do want to say it's remarkably kind and kind of a gentle way for Sylvie to interrogate C20 for details on who protects the timekeepers, where it's at, all the details on that, the, the stuff that Sylvie really wants to find out. Mm-hmm. So we kind of pick up at the end of the last episode. She gets the information she needs and she skips out just as Loki and the TVA appear at Rock's cart. So when Sylvie ends up dipping out, Loki chases after her. It was interesting the setting that Sylvie had C20 in. I I, I was trying to place it in time. Like the song seemed a little 90s. It was an interesting way to show how her illusions work. And we do later find out that they say like, oh, I pull memories from them. And we find out that, you know, variants are where the TV is actually variants. Right. So I'm curious if this is like a time on when C20, where they're actually from. So it's interesting knowing now how the illusions work and then watching this scene again. I'm like, huh, like what time period are you from? Because time works differently in the TVA. And I mean, C20 could have been from the 90s, but have been at the TVA for like 300 years, you know? Yeah, I agree. It's a little confusing because I think like, when you look at what she's wearing, it almost looks like she's wearing one of those old Adidas shirts yeah. with the stripes down the sleeves. And they're just like in sort of a nondescript bar drinking what we come to learn are margaritas maybe later on. I mean, who doesn't love a frozen drink? Oh, I love a margarita. Uh, but yeah, there's there's no real way to place it. But also the thing is, is that if they're variants, then they're not from the sacred timeline. So their 90s is not our 90s because they're from another timeline. I mean, well, I think that's that's what we have to figure out because if I would assume they're they're from the sacred timeline, but they became variants. So just like our Loki is from our timeline technically, but he was plucked out of it. So that's we can assume that's how it is for all of the TVA people. So they were from the sacred timeline, but also maybe the timekeepers, whoever is doing this, is trying to protect people from knowing about the multiverse. So they could be from anywhere. Well, because that even is begs the question is then how is Sylvie a variant? Mm-hmm. If she's, cause she's obviously not from the sacred timeline because the sacred timeline Loki is the Loki that we know. Or is it? Of go, I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I think that's, these are questions that we will definitely find out. And it it, it is interesting. They have to be from alternate universes or realities because- right. Again, there's no way that there's this many Lokis, and if there is, what is going on? (laughs) So no matter what reality you're from, what timeline you're from, there are margaritas, interesting music, and Adidas shirts. (laughs) I suppose so. (laughs) So at the end of the last episode, we did see Loki jump through the time door that Sylvie went through. And I do want to say it's a little bit of a risky move because he had no idea where that was going. But lucky for him, he lands somewhere safe the exact organization that he was just running from. <laughs> Perfect. Right in the locker room where he just laughed off right after the last debrief. <laughs> but it's definitely not where I expected she would be going, but the reasons became clear after that. So she begins storing past some guards with some very impress- impressive martial arts Off moves. the wall stuff? Amazing. Amazing. All to find the golden elevators, which C20 says are the path to find the timekeepers. She try, She does try to enchant one of the guards, which doesn't work because we know that Loki wasn't able to use his magic. But it's a little interesting because, so has she never been to the TVA before? Because guess, she would know this. She would right. know that her magic doesn't work there. So I think it's interesting 
Like, is there somebody bigger behind Sylvie that's like giving her this mission? Because in this episode, she says the mission, the mission. So right. is somebody giving her this? Yeah, or is this all her? Well, in this episode, she also says that she's been thwarting them for hundreds of years, her entire life. Right. So the TVAA has always had their hands in her life. So she's always been trying to get to them. So this is finally the execution of that plan to get there. So I don't know if there's a bigger being above her, but this is what she's been planning all along. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why she's so disappointed when it gets thwarted. Mm-hmm. She's been doing this and running from these this fascist organization. Yeah, she calls them omniscient fascists. Yeah, great, great sentence. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> but her plans are ultimately interrupted by a double dagger wielding Loki. Just as the gloriously dressed Renslayer is about to prune them with the prune stick slash retcon baton, he teleports them to the moon Lamentus One in 2077. One of the apocalypses that Sylvie had pre-programmed in her temp pad so that way they could avoid the TVA. So I think that's it, that's an interesting little tidbit that we found out, that she has a temp pad that's specifically programmed to go to apocalypses. That's how they've been avoiding the TVA this entire time. Right, that's how she hides. I mean, maybe though, you delete the ones that you're not going to use. The Maybe. worst apocalypse ever, as she describes it. It might he, have been like a last ditch, like, okay, if I absolutely have to escape, this is where I'll go. Oh, taking a chance. Taking I mean, a chance. How many apocalypses are there? I mean, I guess a lot. Quite a lot. I mean, this is, and she says this is the worst one, 2077, don't go to Lamentus 1, folks. I mean, I wouldn't want to, one. <laughs> it's very purpley. Yeah, so very. if you don't like purple and sand. It's like deserty, but purple. You're not going to like it. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not the best destination because the planet that this Lamentus One moon is, is about to crash into it. It's literally on its way to destroy the moon, yeah. which I do like how she, she pre-programmed these apocalypses at a specific time where it's like, I can be here for a little bit, but this is when I can't be here. So it, it's interesting. Like, how did she time that? Well, she, it's like she has to be close enough to the actual apocalypse so that whatever she does doesn't make a blip on the sacred timeline. Right. So she says they have 12 hours. So maybe that's the window. That is the window. We figured it out. Yep. That's until it gets redlined or when you can give no fucks. Right. 12 <laughs> hours out, the TVA doesn't care anymore. They're like, well, we'll give them half a day. It's fine. Have fun, kids. <laughs> and apparently, like she said, this is the... Worst apocalypse because nobody, literally nobody survives this one. The entire moon and planet get destroyed. So that's not great. Nope. And to make matters worse, it, the Tempad is out of power. That a juice. The things are going great so far. There was also a moment in this where Sylvie tells Loki, don't call me Loki. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Loki. Like, don't call me that. So it's interesting. We're seeing little glimpses of Sylvie here where... They want to separate themselves from Loki, which goes back to some of the comic stories where like Loki's been in different bodies or given new life after a Ragnarok. And he wants to amend for his past slash older self's crimes. And he doesn't Mm -hmm. want to be like that. So there's always this resetting of Loki where he realizes what he did was wrong. But no matter what, he always tends to go that way anyway. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, it's interesting because she still has Loki qualities, right? She's a trickster. She's mischievous. She's looking out for herself in some way. 
She likes green. She uh, she looks great in green. Has a horn one, but <laughs> but she doesn't want to be affiliated with that anymore. But it's like no matter what, you're always going to be heading towards that very Loki end, right? Yeah, and yeah. we'll see. I mean, maybe maybe this is whole this whole thing is a redemption to bring him exactly where he was in Infinity War. So hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So after they dodge some falling planet bits, Loki and Loki saying, you're weird as they're running, which (laughs) made me laugh so hard. (laughs) They end up finding shelter and Sylvie does try to enchant Loki, but it doesn't work because he says his mind is too strong, which is interesting. So there are limits to her enchantments. Mm -hmm. Loki ends up calling for a truce and the two of them set off to search for a power source that can get them the hell out of there. This leads to a conversation about how Sylvie is no longer a Loki and that she chose to go by the alias Sylvie. So she chose that for herself. Right. It does seem like she's been on this path for a very long time and a lot of shit probably happened to her. And whatever reason, it's not necessarily clear in this episode or up to this point, she does not want to be associated with Loki anymore. Right. So it's interesting. I do like that she asks him what makes a Loki a Loki. And he's like, independence, authority, style. I mean, true. One, two, three. That's all you need, folks. (laughs) Good to know. Loki. (laughs) They then have an awkward encounter with a lone woman Mm -hmm. that is just left behind in an abandoned settlement. (laughs) Loki shifts into this woman's dead husband to try to get in there or get the power source or whatever. That's not cool (laughs) at all. No. But the way he's able to shift so quickly is insane. Because he, he peeked into the window and saw a little tiny grainy picture of him and was able to completely transform into him and also sound just like him. So the, the extent of his abilities, I do not know at this point because But this is when quick. he feels more, most godlike, right? Is when he can completely take on the person, well, not the personality, he didn't get that right, but the voice and the look of someone just by looking at a photo through a window. Yeah. I mean, I guess the extent of it, he, did, he doesn't have the memories or anything like right. that because he would have known that. He was dead. <laughs> I also love this woman who is sitting like a badass in front of her door with some sort of giant super leaf blower blaster <laughs> and just is doesn't give two shits anymore. She's like, I'm dying in a couple hours. I might as well uh, kick some ass here. Yeah, it, it it is kind of sad to see her just kind of meh. I'm just going to say, but it was like, was she just sitting there waiting with her like pulse gun? Oh, yeah. Well, I maybe for her, she just wants to fucking die in peace. Yeah. I don't need anybody coming and trying to pillage my home, and we're all going to die anyway. They're only <laughs> letting true. the rich turds on the train, so <laughs> I might as well just live in my home that I've had my whole life, and I'm going to defend it until true. I die. She does do that. She she does hit them both with some pulse blasts or whatever you want to call it, but she does end up telling these two devils that the rest of the town is trying to get on a train that will take them to an arc. There's always an arc whenever a planet's about to die <laughs> because that planet is about to just go all Kirsten Dunn's melancholia on this moon. <laughs> if you have never seen that movie, you don't have to. But to get that reference, you should watch that movie. <laughs> have Do you, you want to fill movie? us in? No. You've never seen that movie? No, I just like the Kirsten Dunn's. <laughs> <laughs> so it's literally the situation is. The planet's about to die because the moon is crashing into the planet. Oh. And the whole thing, it's just like the story of like the last couple of days or whatever leading up to that. It's shot very beautifully. It's a very slow movie. And it just ends with white 
ness. You know what I mean? So it was like, it was okay. But yeah. Whatever. There was like a Steve Carell, Kira Knightley film. Something oh, about like what making was it? friends at the end of the world, or something like that. Was it that one? Yeah, but it also ends that. I mean, sometimes these end of the world films, there's well, no getting away from show? it. Yeah, what else yeah. are they going to show? Done. Oh. Dead. <laughs> so Loki comes up with a plan to get them on board of the train. So impersonate a guard, which these uniforms are something. Do you like helmets? We've got them. I don't like it at all. <laughs> I also like his the voice that he uses. He's like, hi, hello, guard. <laughs> Fellow guard, sir, his eye. Other guard. <laughs> he does use some of Sylvie's possession trick to mm-hmm. also persuade the guard to get in. And they squeeze their way on board where all the wealthy people will be. I really like that scene because they each use their power to right. get on board the train. The Loki-Sylvie team is coming together. Well, it just shows that, you know, right before they were about to board, she's like, okay, we'll do this. And he's like, no, we're going to do it my way. It's like, well, if you both just work together, teamwork makes the dream work here. Hello, right? we're all in this together. <laughs> High school musical. Zach Efron. Thank you. What? What? <laughs> Gabrielle. You, you, oh, you want to just keep Blue. <laughs> Wait. Okay. I did a character and the actors. Yeah. <laughs> I did a mix. Vanessa Hudgens. That's it. Got it. Anyway, they make their way on the train. <laughs> I do want to say, so when they get on the train, it, it is just more fucked up that, like, you see all these, you know, less fortunate people outside wanting to get on, and then they get into the train, and there's plenty of room for everybody. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't care if you can't sit down and drink your cocktail. Everybody oh. can stand up like sardines. Excuse me. At least in Snowpiercer, they <laughs> let the poor people on and gave them jelly cubes. Oh, gross. Made out of bugs. I was going to, there's bugs, right? Yeah. It was just gross. Yeah. This episode, I mean, speaking of Snowpiercer, so this definitely reminded me of Snowpiercer a little bit, but this episode reminded me so much of a Doctor Who episode, like a really good Doctor Who episode, mm-hmm. because there are some pretty bad Doctor Who episodes, but it really reminded me of that because it's like, you know, you have these characters thrown into a situation on a planet. They have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you kind of see the culture there. You see the the classism or, you know, what dire circumstances happening. And there's always a question of Doctor Who of like, do we, this is supposed to happen. There's some fixed points in time where you just can't change. Right. But are you there to change it? Like, was it supposed to change and waiting for you to get there? So it's like, there's always these questions, and I think they grapple with this a little bit in this because Sylvia's like, oh, everybody's died. They're supposed to die. But Loki's like, well, they haven't had us before. So it just, it really reminds me of Doctor Who in this episode, and I'm here for it 100%. <laughs> Doctor Who fans rejoice. <laughs> and can I also say that I'm finally getting a train scene? As we all know, I've been obsessed with that one scene from that Fantastic Four comic. Granted, they are not riding off into the cosmic sunset. But there's a train. I still, I still have my fingers crossed, though, that they're going to be taking off into the stars at some point. You know, I hope you get that because it is a very odd thing to, like, really hope that you get. <laughs> Out of everything that could possibly happen with the TVA, you want a train. <laughs> a train. Back to the sacred timeline. Let's go. <laughs> toot, toot. There is no sacred timeline. How much you want to bet? Yeah, probably not. Nope. There's probably just, I don't know, these timekeepers, what they're doing up there. They're just trying to gamble on stuff and trying to win money. They're oil tycoons. I don't trust them. <laughs> so once they're on board, they settle in, Loki preferring not to go backwards on a train, which is super relatable. Motion sickness. I'm the exact same way. 
And they end up having a surprisingly personal conversation about their mothers, their respective magical abilities, and their respective differences of opinions regarding the nature of love. <laughs> There's a lot of heavy, heavy conversations in here. So some key points that happened in this part of the train ride is Sylvie does ask about Loki's mother, where he s- describes her as good and decent. He also says that, you know, she's the one that taught me the magic that I know. Mm-hmm. He recalls a conversation that him and Frigga had had where he's like, it all seemed impossible, but she told me one day I'd be able to do that too because I could do anything. Like Loki's monologue on Frigga is pretty touching. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. And this goes back to whatever qualms Odin had or they had with Odin, Frigga was always the heart of this family or at least the brothers. And they always knew that, you know, no matter how bad Loki was, Frigga always loved him, no matter what. Right. We saw in Endgame when Thor went back in time and was able to talk to his mother right before she died, and she knew it was going to happen, how she still gave him the motivation that he needed. And she was like, you've always been worthy. Stop being dumb. Just go do that. So she's always that constant on them, even after she's dead or before she's dead, but he can't go back to her. <laughs> so however, this time is working. But it was really nice to see that him connecting that. But it was also nice that he knows more magic than he's ever done in the MCU so far. So that's like been my one qualm with Loki in the MCU is like, he knows magic guys. Like he's a sorcerer. Yeah. Where's the magic? <laughs> yeah. Well, he has a little Jubilee moment here where he makes some fireworks spread out of his hands, which is lovely, nice. but he learned that from his mother. Right. Exactly. Sweet. We also find out that Sylvie knew that she was adopted mm-hmm. so she found out a lot earlier than loki did and she doesn't really remember her mother at all or does she i feel like every time i'm only saying this because after watching it again it seemed like every time a conversation would start happening loki would kind of open up or mm-hmm. say something and she would kind of just sidestep it with like a very simple answer she's like oh i don't really remember him it's yeah like, do you well that's you know it's funny while i was watching this I remember the first time I was watching it, I was going like in my head, like, Loki, stop, stop, stop giving her so much intel. Stop telling her so much about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting that he's being so open with her. You know, I think maybe he has a little more freedom than she does. She's very stoic. She knows she's on this mission. She has to get from point A to point B, even though she's been led astray to get to that point. Whereas Loki's sort of just like living in the moment. Mm-hmm. He's, he's right now not thinking about too much past them just getting to the arc. Right. Yeah, it's interesting that he's opening up so far. There, I think my only issue with with Loki is that I feel like the writers or creators of the show are giving a little more leniency to like us, the audience, of him being good Loki slash likable Loki because mm-hmm. he just came from the Avengers where he killed people and brainwashed people and took over their minds and you know, at least an alien invasion, like he wanted to take over the world. Right. And then now he's at this point already now. So it is interesting that I feel like they were like, well, let's just skip over a little bit and get him to the point where he is now. Like, I feel like we're still going to see him struggle with morality things sure. or if he's really good, what is he going to do? Is he going to betray Sylvie? I could see that happening, but who knows? I just feel like at this point, what was the reason for him to give all this information? And so personal too. Very personal. And I, I, I almost wonder, you know, is it because he had in the first episode that time with Mobius in the theater where he got to see all of his future fuck ups and all the shitty things that he did? Right. And maybe that's what gave him perspective. 
And we also sort of know, we don't really know how long he's been at the TVA. Mm, that's Working true. with them, going through the archives, ruining salads. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, if he's been there for a couple of years, then, I mean, he really has not accomplished much. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Got that jacket, though. <laughs> we also find out here that Sylvie taught herself the magic that she knows, which mm-hmm. Loki was very surprised about because his mother had to teach him. But we also don't know Sylvie's past. We don't know what brought her to teach herself that magic. Did she really teach herself that magic? We are finding a little bit out about Sylvie, but not a whole lot. Then she also lets it slip. So in the conversation that they start having about romance and relationships, she talks about the postman. So it's definitely a head scratcher, like what this possibly could mean. You know, Marvel likes to pull from the comics but do a bait and switch mm-hmm. all the time. It's never exactly comic book accurate. It's like the name of the thing, but it's also these three characters combined. So yeah. I don't know what it possibly could be. There's a few that made a light bulb go off in my head. There is a mutant that goes by the code name Postman. I don't want to start this mutant conversation again. X-Men, they're here. <laughs> they're here. <laughs> or there. you remember in the Fantastic Four movies that stan lee cameoed yeah, as a yeah, postman yeah. that's who i'm hoping out like she was in a relationship with stan lee cameoing as a postman for the fantastic four movies that's it solved <laughs> that that's what i want to leave it at good <laughs> but who knows maybe we'll find out who her actual love interest is but one of the most i guess prominent points of this conversation i think as fans and as the mcu is the agreement between them of when asked about whether they had dealings with princesses or a prince. And Loki replies with, a bit of both. I suspect the same as you. So she agrees. Mm-hmm. And now we have canonly confirmation <laughs> confirmation of two LGBTQ plus characters in the MCU, specifically bisexual. So that's fantastic. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride. <laughs> Wave those pride flags, that bisexual flag. <laughs> the cool thing about this moment is the Loki series director, Kate Heron, took on to Twitter to confirm Loki's bisexuality. Like that morning, that was one of the spoilers that I got. Like before I even watched the show, I just like instinctively opened my phone, like all of us slaves to our, our phones and our devices. And that was the very first post I saw. And I was like, well, happy Pride Month. <laughs> on, look, on Loki Day, you can't do that. Even if it's your first instinct. Even if we are waking up at 6 a.m. Do not look. Don't look. Exactly. And I, I do want to just kind of quote the, the tweet that she wrote because I Please thought it do. was really sweet. Yeah. And they said, from the moment I joined Loki, it was very important to me. And my goal to acknowledge Loki was bisexual. It is a part of who he is and who I am, too. I know it is a small step, but I'm happy and my heart is so full. I say that this is now canon in the MCU. Great. I Baller. mean, we, we've always known this in the comics. It was just one of those things of like, when are they going to do it? We got the first step with him being fluid mm-hmm. for his sex, but what about his sexuality? Like, where is that? We we would love to have this LGBTQ character actually be LGBTQ. <laughs> that would be Nice. Now, the next thing we need is a freaking, I don't know, same-sex kiss or something like that on oh. screen for the MCU. Yeah, let's let's see. I think the only one that really Disney has done was in the last Star Wars movie where you see for a second two women kissing in the background. And 
I mean, that's fine. I mean, background players, please. <laughs> so back on the train, the two decide to get some rest. Though, once again, they mean totally different things for them. While Sylvie puts her head down for a nap, Loki unleashes his inner Thor and parties down, getting drunk and leading his fellow train passengers on an Asgardian drinking song. <laughs> Everybody loves him. Everybody Life loves of the party. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> Technically, it's a Norwegian. It, w- it was written specifically for the show, but the subtitles say sings an Asgardian. So I was like, great. Thanks for not telling me what the song is about. <laughs> Subtitles. Well, look, if you don't know Yeg Salerman Ganger, I, I mean, who are you even? That's literally <laughs> the name of the song. <laughs> I went, whenever we looked it up, I was like, that literally tells me nothing. I know. <laughs> Noah and I, our, our detective clues are grabbing our phone and going, Siri, what song is this? Yeah. <laughs> and it came up. It did come up. It came up. It actually came up. The way that this this particular part played out. So when he was singing... One, Tom Hiddleston can sing, apparently. Carry a tune. Like, it was sure. not bad. Like, no. if I heard that, I'd be like, oh, okay. It's mm-hmm. not bad. Was he testing Sylvie a little bit? Because she hasn't really given any information. Like, she wouldn't talk about her upbringing. She wouldn't talk about really where she's from. Yeah. She wouldn't talk about her mother. But the way he was saying it, maybe it was the words or he was just kind of singing to himself in a weird way, in a comforting way. But maybe it was to see if she knew this Asgardian song or I don't know. It was, it was an interesting scene because she does look a little like what's happening or why are you singing that? It's hard to gauge her, her emotions there. Yeah. This little moment I think was hard to gauge overall. Mm -hmm. Like why causing such a ruckus? Why singing? Why? Because they're in an apocalypse and nothing matters. I mean, but these people don't know that (laughs) they think they're going to get to the ark. I mean, that is true. Right? Yeah. (laughs) And she is just like, either she's being tested, doesn't know what the hell he's doing, or she's like, this is literally the one thing I actually not to do. Probably that one. But, you know, I'm always looking out for those those sneaky little tidbits. He needs a theory, folks. (laughs) But Sylvie does ask him, like, Woody, why, why aren't you wearing your outfit? Whatever. He's like, I'm drunk. This is great. But he does answer her love question, like, Mm. what does love mean to him? And he says, love is a dagger. It's a weapon to be wielded from far away or up close. You can see yourself in it. It's beautiful until it makes you bleed. But ultimately, when you reach for it, Sylvie says it isn't real. While both Sylvie and Loki agree that this is a bad metaphor, I think he was on to something. I think it it made sense. Like, it wasn't bad. I think it was a little long for a metaphor, but... (laughs) It was an extended metaphor. Right. <laughs> I think it's right on the nose. And I and especially for the character of Loki, right? Mm-hmm. In in his life, all the things that he has loved have either been taken away from him or they've ruined him. People he's trusted have turned their backs on him. And so whenever he wants that love there, it's gone. Yep. It's like an imaginary dagger. Stabbing him in the heart. Oh, well, that's... That he then takes out and stabs someone else in the back with. Ah. Which he's literally done multiple times. At at least 50. At least 50. At least 50 times. In this scene, we also do see Loki smash a glass on the floor and he demands another drink at the bar. So just like his brother in his titular movie in 2011, Thor. (laughs) So I thought that was a really funny parallel. So at this point, the party gets interrupted because one of the passengers quite 
rightfully notices something off because this dude came in guard gear and now he's not in guard gear and he's singing a weird language and being belligerent. And his jacket also <laughs> says variant across the back of it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, not pretty on the nose. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> right? <laughs> so guards arrive asking for their tickets. In this scene, we see Loki and Sylvie both fight, fight off these guards. Does Loki use her crown to stab one of the guards on the train? It seems like it. It's pretty cool. I'm here for it. Loved it. Yeah. This, our Loki that we know, did the same exact thing in a Thor movie. So it was cool to see, again, the parallels between these two. Also, what else are these horns for? Not just for decoration, folks. Okay, not just a fancy headpiece, an actual weapon for stabby stabs. Yeah. Wait, is that how she lost the other horn? (laughs) It gouged in someone else. (laughs) It's in somebody else's neck. (laughs) Sorry about it, sucker. (laughs) We also see here Loki using a bit more magic. And there's this theory floating around that I've picked up on the interwebs since then. And it was, I did question it when we first saw it. So people are like, did Loki steal an infinity stone? It would make sense. I mean, he had the time stone in his hand when he opened Casey's draw full Mm -hmm. of these paperweights. So does he have one with him? And is that why he's doing a little bit more magic? I don't think so, because the time stone is specifically for controlling time, not for doing green blasts. And also, isn't there like that weird rule of like the stones can only be used in the places where they're from? The universe that they're from. Ah. Right. Lamentus, this universe? Well, if Lamentus is in the universe that that stone is from, then yeah, it could okay. definitely work. But who's to say that it is from that universe? I mean, there was a lot of infinity stones in there. So I think that theory kind of makes sense. I think it's like grasping at straws just a little tiny bit. But also, like, if he had a time stone, wouldn't he just reverse time and not pick Lamentus to travel to? Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, whatever. I mean, there, we figured it out. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Theory thwarted. (laughs) So this fight ultimately leads to Loki getting thrown, literally thrown, out of the train. And Sylvie dies after him because Tempad. Tempad. Right. The tumble out of the window ends up breaking the temp pad beyond repair, making the situation even worse. There's an apocalypse. The temp pad's out of battery. Now the temp pad's broken. Stranded. But I, where was the temp pad? Like, he rolled out, right? And it broke. Was it just, like, invisible on his back or his I think he just had it in his back pocket. Right, but he, he held his hand out and it, like, appeared. Oh, I thought he appeared from his butt. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm very confused about where this temp pad goes well i think that's what would be really funny though is that she's like where have you hidden it he's like it's in my heart i'll cut it out but really it was just in his back pocket the whole time right i mean not everything has to be smoke and mirrors yeah (laughs) just put it in your pocket well apparently not this is the one time you shouldn't have do you want to touch my butt but then but where does his daggers go those are in his nipples that's (laughs) (laughs) but that's what i'm saying that's why i was confused i'm like This stuff isn't just on him. I mean, if he rolled like that with his daggers somewhere, I'm pretty sure he sliced his booty a little bit. Like, I don't know. For sure. Never. I'm thinking too much. Extra booty holes. (laughs) Now they're at this point where what do we do? But Loki has a plan. They hijack the Ark and make sure it actually leaves the planet. And Sylvie agrees to give it a shot. She agreed to it very quickly. (laughs) Can I just talk a little bit about costuming just for one second? Of course you can. Have you noticed his shirt is awesome? Because the collars of his shirt actually become part of the shirt that go across his chest. Oh, fun. The collar doesn't like flip up. It's all one big piece. Oh, no, I didn't notice that. It's a really cool detail. 
Wow. Yeah, it's his tie, and then the collar pieces just become part of the shirt that go across his chest. Weird. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's cool, but no, I Futuristic button down. <laughs> I mean, the lighting in this was very, like, neon and stuff, so I probably just didn't notice it. Yeah, that. <laughs> definitely purples and pinks. <laughs> so, it does, I do want to say, too, as they're, you know, walking towards the arc to wherever they need to go, it seems like Loki sobered up super quickly. And all I can think is like, damn that Asgardian physiology. Oh yeah, that metabolism is running. Yeah, it was just like he was so drunk that he was dropping food and everything and acting very drunk to then fighting, getting thrown out of a train and being completely coherent to come up with a new plan. Yeah, I also (laughs) feel like getting into a major fight and then getting thrown out of a train might sober you up pretty quickly too. No, whatever. Excuses. (laughs) (laughs) So as they walk, Sylvie reluctantly explains how her possession trick works. With weaker minds, she's able to easily take control. But stronger minds, she requires to create a fantasy from the memories, as she says, and use that fantasy to forge a connection with him. So what we saw at the beginning of the episode with C-20 was based on C-20's memories from a previous life as a regular Earth person. Who loves margaritas? It's who doesn't. Who doesn't? (laughs) As we learned, the TVA agents, or at least most of them, are variants. So right. they weren't made whole cloth out of nothing. They were plucked, maybe mind wiped, mm-hmm. and then set to be workers, labor, whatever, whoever did this. <laughs> and this was something that we had asked in our episode covering the first episode of Loki is like, how are they made? Where do they come from? Are they mm-hmm. just fully grown adults? And it's like, well, actually, they're not made. They're reprogrammed, maybe, but they're actually variants. Yeah, she she says in this conversation, too, that that memory of C-20s was from hundreds of years ago. Mm. So just adding on top of, I mean, if that was, let's just say from the 90s, and they're in 2077, that's not hundreds of years ago. That's however the time works, you know? So it's just like, how long have these people been in here? And that just goes back to Mobius seeing those rings in the exact place that he put his own cup. Right. Okay. They're either getting variants of the variants or wiping their memories. They're men and blacking them. Like, right. I mean, there's just so many questions now that I have. Maybe, maybe they're not keeping the sacred timeline in order. Maybe they're ruining the sacred timeline. Their mission is to go in there and change things for the timekeepers. Yeah. I mean, at this point, again, goes back to the good place. You can't trust it now. No. Yeah. They're doing bad things. Right. They're doing bad things. That's just too big of a confirmation to be like, well, Sylvie might be lying. I, I don't believe that she's lying. Right. So, I, I mean, I hope she's not because, but then it's also like, you've been pruning people that are variants that probably don't know what they're actually doing and were brainwashed into doing this. So, <laughs> good job, Sylvie. <laughs> yeah. We're in a gray area, folks. Or a green one. Ooh. <laughs> so, Loki and Sylvie arrive at the launch site of the Ark. But the area is in chaos as everyone around them faces the grim inevitability of the inevitable. Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Their fight to reach the Ark is captured in an amazing long shot slash one shot Mm -hmm. with they go through like neon madness of doom. But unfortunately, they're too late. Yeah. (laughs) Because by the time they get to it or are able to get close to the Ark. A piece of the planet comes down and completely destroys it. Yeah. I do want to talk about this one shot for a second. I just wanted to kind of get to the end of that so that way we can go back and talk about it. The one Loki using telekinesis like yes! that. Yes. 
Phenomenal. Didn't expect that at all because, I mean, he did use it in the last episode a little bit when he was fighting that big person that was enchanted by mm-hmm. Sylvie. But he's never really used that before and to that extent. Like, he stopped a building from falling on them. Yeah. Super cool moment. Also, Loki asking if Sylvie is okay as they're, like, going through this kind of fighting people off in this one shot kind of made me happy. I was like, he didn't have to ask if she was okay. Mm-hmm. But he did. I think he cares about her a little bit. Well, you know, the thing is, is that it's literally a him in some way. You know, it's, there's an understanding there. There's a piece of them that's the same. I think he has to feel that connection. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that was the big distinction with this episode was, okay, they're variants, maybe the same, whatever person, they're a piece of the same cloth. But this episode, I feel like really differentiated the two. Where it's like, yeah, you grew up one way, I grew up another way. Like, she can be her own person. And I think that's what she's been trying to do this whole time. Because you remember in the beginning when Loki, like, was so upset when he was like, people aren't controlling my my destiny or telling me what to do or can't shape that in some way. You get really upset about it. Right. And it seems that Sylvie feels the same way. So it's like, there's definitely similarities with it. But I think the cool thing about this was they're still completely different. Yeah. Like, the same, but super different. I thought that we needed that in this episode. And then one of the last things I'll say about the scene is, why the fuck were these guards trying to stop them? Oh, yeah, I know. So dumb. Have you looked up? You got <laughs> You're bigger, not on that yeah, ship. You got bigger things to worry about, baby. You ain't a cog in a machine no more. The machine's getting destroyed. I would, I, I, there would be no job ever where I would be that loyal to, like, wh- who, who employed you? Who told you to do that? Yeah, I mean, this is what we talk about, like, in The Mandalorian, too. It's like, who are these nut jobs that are just doing the bad stuff all the time? It's like, guys, it's not worth it. Added layer of everybody's about to die. Yeah. Make sure nobody get What? What What about you? Like, if I was one of those guards, I'd be like, oh, but, I mean, I'm doing this Why am I not on the arc? (laughs) Anything? Anything? Also, who are these people? Like, listen- it's not like we're guessing when this planet's going to come down. Like, you could see how close it is. I don't know. Maybe schedule the arc to leave a Before month that. earlier. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's getting real close. Maybe. I'd head out. I mean, yeah. I mean, it could have been. Yeah, because there's no way that that would have happened that quickly. And no. They're like, 12 hours, guys. Uh-oh. Build an arc. Get on the train. <laughs> Too busy planning their outfits with their big shoulder pads. I don't like it. But the final scene in this episode we see after the arc gets destroyed, Sylvie and Loki are there, still left on the planet. Yeah, with... she kind of leaves. She fades into the background. Well, I mean, she, I mean, I'm pretty sure she's just like, we got stuff. Yeah. To do. Like, we, we can't just be here. But I mean, there's a glimmer of hope because there's still three more episodes left in the season. And I mean, obviously they don't die here. And so. also, I mean, you, you know, the TVA is trying to track them down. Yeah, I would, if the TVA does end up saving them that's going to be very interesting because how how did they know out of all of the apocalypse eyes that these loki's 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 i think is the right word (laughs) to say for plural (laughs) maybe it's just loki yeah (laughs) where they were i mean they would have to you know what i mean like i don't know i would be like that's bullshit there's no way that the tva could have found them out of all they could trace where they were going because they left from the tva Okay, that's, that's my fine. theory. Like, they would literally <laughs> just have to say that one line. 
<laughs> that'd be okay. That's it. my theory because uh, they don't have a temp pad. They have nothing to charge it. Literally, the planet is crashing into them. That's the only thing that I could think of. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they get out of here in some some way. Obviously. Unless they burrow underground and find a subterranean race of people. The whole moon gets destroyed. Well, I don't know. The planet crashes. I wasn't into the there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we'll there's find a out next week. <laughs> there's a spaceship, a second arc. I will just, I will just say, there's no way that another arc could arc escape. Arc de, <laughs> arc de triomphe. I do want to say that I did miss Mobius in this episode. It felt it was very Mobius light, and I miss Moby. I was just, I was just really happy to not be in the TVA anymore. Oh yeah, I mean all those oranges and browns and drab. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was no. here for the purple neon fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, but oh my God, since if they are true, if they are really all variants, one, when and where and who the fuck is doing that? And also, I mean, does that confirm that Mobius was like a 90s jet skiing fanatic? Yes. And that's what makes it even more sad is that he loves a life he once had, but doesn't think he ever had it. Right. And he loves it so much that it's still peeking through. That's right. He was probably a jet ski salesman. Oh, he loved I know. It. I hope he. I hope he had some at least. Oh, yeah, of course he did. He's the <laughs> jet ski king. What before if, Lauderdale? What if Loki figures out how to do Sylvie's enchantment or has her do it? And in this illusion, because I don't think Mobius has a weak mind, they're jet skiing. <laughs> Look, we need that. But you know, in the in the last episode, the last thing we see that Hunter saying is that like she wants to go home. It's real. It's real. Mm-hmm. So I think when something happened where when Sylvia enchants them, she might break whatever brainwashing has happened. Oh, yeah, for so sure. So I think that she's going to have to, she'll probably, someone will end up enchanting Mobius yeah, or I, Hunter B-15 or something. I do think that begs the question of like, what exactly is happening to them? Because if Sylvia is able to reach into her mind and pull out a memory that C-20 doesn't even remember, but is still there. Like, what is happening? So, are they not erasing everything, or is it just locked away? They lie dormant. Yeah, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of questions that we need some answers to and how this is going. Marvel, get to tip-tap it on that typewriter, because we need the answers. Well, I'm sure it's already done. Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're making last-minute edits <laughs> or something. I don't know. I hope not. I do want to say, I hope that there is a jet ski scene in this, because they've they've set it up too much, and we just need that. With a dolphin majestically diving in the background and a rainbow for pride month <laughs> i think by that time pride month is gonna oh so marvel is like we gave you your one thing after like 10 plus years so maybe fun. next june <laughs> good luck <laughs> shall we get to the segment yeah all right it's time for another segment of omtg what <laughs> Are you going to change it every time? Oh, my tricks to God. <laughs> I haven't landed on one that I really like, so I'm just trying out new ones. You literally have three more episodes to figure it out. <laughs> Pressure's on. All right, let's get to it. Make sure you have a compass or maybe some breadcrumbs to throw down when going on a hike in Russia, Ukraine, or other Slavic nations. <laughs> you might be thrown off course by the very mischievous Leshy. This mm. Slavic god, a protector of the forest and the beings that inhabit it, is known to whisper in the wind to try and trick travelers as they make their way through the trees. That's just trees creaking, cracking. We're lost. (laughs) (laughs) 
Leshies can be as large as a tree or as small as a blade of grass. They look、Uh-oh. very much like human men, but their beards and eyebrows are made of leaves. Oh, yeah, I won't be able to tell. <laughs> Camouflage. Camouflage. Okay, but it looks like a person, but with like foil. What is it called? Foliage? Fo- foliage? Foliage? How、yeah. do you say it? Foliage. Okay, well, I can't understand you when you're doing an accent.、Uh, foliage is,、okay. is real, I'm sure. <laughs> I made it up, but I'm sure it's real. <laughs> but get this. So, regarding his appearance, Britannica goes on to say his eyebrows, eyelashes, and right ear are missing. His head is somewhat pointed, and he lacks a hat and a belt. <laughs> What if he doesn't? Does he need a hat? I mean, I don't know. Maybe a belt? <laughs> like, I guess maybe like people always wore hats and belts. So if you saw a guy in the woods without a hat and a belt, you were like, he's a leshy. Yeah, that's the first thing that would be concerning. Not that he's missing parts of his body and, and is also has, made of leaves. Yeah, and could be as tall as a tree and small. If I saw a little tiny blade of grass height, leaf faced man, that would be concerning enough. <laughs> you know,、Mm-mm. pointy head? What does that mean? Pointy head. What does that mean? I don't know. Like a cone head? Slightly pointed. Or like somebody that, like, unfortunately has a bad head and shouldn't be bald. I think that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The,、uh, a balding leshy is no one's friend, apparently. So, what did they do? Do they just, I mean. So, most times, he is only looking to tease someone and will usually、mm-hmm. let them go on their merry way. But there have also been reports of him tickling <laughs> people to death. <laughs> <laughs> to get him off your trail, you have to make him laugh. So, a surefire way to do this is by wearing your clothes backwards. Okay.、Oh, you know, I, how, much, how much time do you have before he tickles you to death? I think he only tickles you to death like if you're trying to destroy the forest or、oh, hurt a、okay. woodland creature. Okay. Yeah. Tickle them to death. Yeah. Why are we giving these people outs on not being tickled? To well,、death? that's why they get tickled to death. Okay. But well, listen, if you're ever in the woods, And you see a hiker wearing their clothes the wrong way, <laughs> you know why. And with the utmost confidence, can say, OMTG. I guarantee you, I am not going to say that and walk very briskly in the opposite direction. Well, away from them、yeah. and probably away from a leshy. <laughs> also, I would have to be in that specific region, which I don't ever see my. <laughs> well, that's also true, but who do knows? Do we have any listeners? I think we do have some listeners in that area. Do you guys know about this? You guys know about leshies? Comment below. <laughs> AKA, just message us. <laughs> Write it somewhere. Oh, I got a. Re- Wait. Dun dun dun. Is that potted thing that I have? Is that a leshy? No. Because he's made out of bark. Remember the, the, the <gasps> statue thing that, that I have? That might be a leshy. Probably not, because he has red orange hair. Yeah, but that's just painted. He's green, too. Yeah, maybe. <gasps> oh my God. We've had a leshy living with us. I don't know where、Always. I got it from, to be honest. You're going to have to post this. People have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Look out for that. All、oh, right. Okay. That's it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to A Bite of Artwork and Editing by Our Own Noah. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at A Bite of Pod and on Facebook at A Bite of. If you have questions, recommendations, or just want to say hi, you can email us at abiteofpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate and review to spread the word. Hope you join us next time on A Bite of. Bye. <music>